Beginning the Trek, a 52-episode introduction to Star Trek. Well, that reminds me, her name is Nana, not Nana, which I had only read it. Oh, did I tee that up for you? <laughs> I Yeah, you did. <laughs> I, d- I don't mean to be rude, and I don't mean to not look at people's uh, names, and I have... A ton of respect. She seems like an amazing person. And yeah. I don't know if she's going to be there at Star Trek. I'd love to at the convention. I'd love to meet her. Um, I have not checked. We we haven't even mentioned that really. I mean, we've talked about the convention a little bit. Uh, by the way, hi everybody. But first, introductions. Welcome to beginning the trek. Um, I am Trek veteran Andy Goldberg, uh, who created the fifty-two episode list for Jessica's trek. I am the Jessica in this trek, <laughs> newbie <laughs> watching everything for the first time and don't know what's coming up. I promise this isn't a ploy. I honestly don't know. Uh, so that's what makes it fun, is that I'm seeing everything for the first time. That's what makes it so fun. I've been having so much fun. Hopefully you get to have the same reactions. You're like, oh, I remember when that was a big deal because I had no idea what was happening. Oh, yeah. You're the star of this show. I'm just here to make sure that you watch all the episodes. Everybody wants to hear what you have to say about them. Well, here we are with me j- ch- chattering on Star Trek. And today we're going to talk about Crossover. The first Mirror Universe episode from the Deep Space Nine series. Which means there are going to be more to come. Which means there will be more to come. We will talk about that during Talking Track today. Uh, But first, we should let everybody know that if this is your first time here, you might want to consider starting uh, your trek all the way at episode one. That's how this is meant to be taken. Um, Start there and join us through all of the original series, the next generation, and then you'll catch up to Deep Space Nine. And we're just going to keep on going. Oh, I forgot the animated series. That's in there too. We always... Everybody does. Quick stop in the animated series and then uh, Deep Space Nine. And then we're going to hit Voyager next in just a few episodes. Can't believe it. Uh, and then uh, finish up with Enterprise. And definitely, I mean, if you don't want to go back and watch all of the things, we totally think you should. But you should definitely at least watch Crossover again because this is much better if you've just seen it and it's fresh in your mind. That's true because I've got 10 sentences here that will spoil everything. And if you haven't seen it lately, I'm about to do that. You should do it. Here we go. Rhythmic breathing and annoying conversation from second season Bashir interrupts Kira's meditation as the two share a runabout headed to Deep Space Nine when a neutrino leak occurs just as they enter the wormhole. The telltale flash is the first sign of trouble, then the missing DS9, and finally a Klingon boarding party tells us that we are not in Kansas anymore. The Klingons react to Kira, withdraw immediately, and escort the runabout to Teroknor Station, which looks surprisingly familiar, orbiting Bajor and run by Intendant Kira Nerys. And when she sees our major Kira, it's love at first sight. Okay, so we get the explanation that in the past, in this universe, some guy named Kirk from another universe, maybe yours, maybe not, came here, gave some kind of speech, influenced a major player named Spock, who led a peace movement, allowing the Klingons, Cardassians, and others to all side together, subjugating humans and Vulcans, and that's how you sum up an 80-year history following Mirror Mirror in one sentence. Unfortunately, the transporters here were altered decades ago to prevent any more interdimensional crossings, and now our heroes may be stuck here forever. 
Major Kira is definitely getting the better end of this deal as Intendant Kira's narcissism leads to some incredibly uncomfortable scenes, including swashbuckling roguish Mirror Sisko and the Norris twins in a bath scene right out of Caligula. Meanwhile, Bashir is learning how to be Odo's bitch in the mines, getting slapped around, threatened by him and the -the over-the-top evil Garrick, and his only lifeline is a beaten-down O'Brien who has clearly been doing his own share of suffering. The Moo is a dangerous place as Mirror Quark, running an underground railroad, is caught and executed, Odo is hit by a phaser shot and exploded, and Garrick's plan is to kill Moo Kira and replace her with Poo Kira. Bashir escapes with O'Brien's reluctant help, but both are caught, and just when all seems hopeless, Han Sisko pulls out his phaser and, well, we knew there was more to him than money. With Smiley O'Brien added to the Falcon's rebellious crew, the Moo humans fly off, leaving Kira and Bashir to speed to the wormhole, where, hopefully, the neutrino leak reverses the process. Which it does because... Star Trek... Let's talk mirror episode! Let's not. Okay. That's the best I could come up with for Mirror. <laughs> what does Mirror Andy look like? Is he just demanding and angry all the time? Uh, what, who, Mirror yeah. Andy? Um, Mirror Andy is... I don't know. We should... I, there's a, I want to talk about that. What makes a Mirror person a Mirror person? There's a lot in this episode, actually, as it turns out. I, When I first chose this one, it was for a couple of reasons. One, I thought the Mirror universe would be a fun storyline to kind of see in multiple versions of Star Trek. And we'll see it again. We'll see it in, in Enterprise as well. But we did not see it in Next Generation. But we did not see it in Next Generation. Is there one in... Did I miss it? Or there is none. Okay. There is none in Next Generation. There is none in Voyager. Okay. But there is uh, an episode, and we will be watching it on uh, in Enterprise. And then, as it turns out, Discovery also has uh, quite a bit. We'll talk about all that when we get to talking Trek more. But... Um, I wanted this to be a part of the storyline, but what I discovered was how meaty it is to think about what is a mirror version of someone. Like, that was where my brain went with this watch through. So I hope you're up for some... Yeah. For some conversation about it. Because that crossed my mind, too. On the first watch, I was like, oh, it's ridiculous. And I enjoyed it. And then my second watch where I'm like, okay, I'm going to sit down and actually kind of give this some thought and dive into it a little bit. Uh, Yes, it's ridiculous. It's obviously purposefully ridiculous. Sure. uh, But it gave a lot more character than the original series one did. Because obviously we watched the Mirror episode and I really enjoyed it. Or Mirror Mirror back in the original series. And of course, if you haven't seen that one, go watch it. Extra campy, but it's really good. But the characters in that were treated really differently so i gave this one a four out of five kira's bajoran earrings awesome and i probably should have four out of five yeah i probably well this is gonna be one of those that i go back and rewatch and i like it more as i rewatch it that's my guess but right now it's four out of five well, I got some I got some fun stuff for you when we get to talking track because this is not the only Mirror Universe episode in Deep Space Nine. There's actually several. I could see them getting addicted to Mirror Universe, especially the way this cast kind of goes a little wild. Like the original series was a little wild just for itself. 
<laughs> like they were campy all on their own. But DS9 treats its characters really seriously and politics and slavery and consequences. So the Mirror Universe, they're still doing all of that, just more campy. So, but you can, because it's a Mirror Universe, right? That's what I figured, that it's okay to be ridiculous. That's the point. Well, I, yeah, and you have to kind of, okay, so they went through the wormhole with the, what, the neutrino leak? Sure. Or whatever, whatever it was, the thisy that. Insert techno nonsense. The, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. The thisy that, that that made them go to the other universe, which hopefully when they came back, it would just reverse the whole process and send them right back to the exact same spot where they should have been in the first place. I'm sure that'll work out. You know, you get the, you get the, okay, this is ridiculous stuff kind of right. out of the way so that you can right. dig into the fun, the fun of the universe. I have purposefully given up a bit of a pastime of Star Trek fans. Not all Star Trek fans, because what you just said is just like, oh, okay, we get it. This is going to be ridiculous. And then it is. And you're fine as a viewer. But some never get past that. So I am stopping pointing out logic problems unless they're really, really dumb and illogical. <laughs> like, and then I'll point them out because sometimes they deserve to be poked at. But for the most part, like I remember going back to the original series and being a little bit complainy about, well, that doesn't make any sense. How do you even have that? And our technology has gotten so far beyond that, that we know that that doesn't work that way because science, right? <laughs> I'm giving up doing that. These are stories. They're good stories. Let your brain embrace the sci-fi. That's what I'm going to do. The, the words suspension of disbelief comes to mind for, for what you're saying. Yes. Right now, our science says we can't travel faster than light. That's just what our science says. Now, whether that's the case or not, we are limited by the physics of that. Star Trek says you can. Do you want to make Star Trek not be Star Trek because of that scientific fallacy? Or do you want to say, so in the universe, you can. And, and let's enjoy it. I mean, we pointed out little things like in the last one. Like, why don't you even call a doctor? We've saved people from knife wounds before. Good grief. Right. Like that thing. So like story, storyline, plot holes. The way the Ferengi negotiate. That they only negotiate in very abstract terms and in, in, in two-second sentences. Sure. Right, that, that's great. Rather than let's watch 20 minutes of contract negotiations. Right. Nobody actually wants to see corporate litigation kind of. Exactly. Yeah. And we could, and we could see, you know, a more technologically sound this or that that, you know, made more sense. But who wants to spend the time on that? Right. The way... Uh, Klingons look different in every single thing. And somebody pointed out to me because we, because we watched, uh, what was the one with the three old Klingons? Yes. Um, uh, uh, Blood Oath. Blood Oath. In, yeah, in Blood Oath, they basically stopped the explanation of what somebody had done before in the original series is like, oh, this is the reason why they look different now. But bringing those same exact characters and then having them look the way Klingons look in this series ruined that explanation. And it's like, who cares? We get that they're Klingons. They were Klingons back then. They looked different then. They're in a different series. And now, so in some ways, you kind of have to treat every series as its own thing, but you just got to let it go. What did the Mesopotamians look like? What color was their skin? How much hair did they have? Really? But if you're going to have a story where you say this is the Mesopotamians look like 
and then you're going to have the same right. exact storyline. And then line. someone else is going to make a similar story, but they don't quite look the right. same. Or what do the dinosaurs look like? We've got lots of movies about dinosaurs. They don't all look the same. You know, a T-Rex in, in one movie doesn't look like a T-Rex in the other unless it's a sequel of the other. You, you all know the ones I'm talking about. But, you know, <laughs> they don't all look the same. It's an interpretation of what they look like. Let's move on. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. A little it. bit less. Um, but this one, because this will probably, this will get us back to the episode. This one was really interesting because it did get me thinking in the mirror universe in the original series, the campiness came from we have good Kirk and bad Kirk. And obviously bad Kirk is mirror Kirk. And he's really easily recognizable when he comes over to Spock's like, yeah, that's not Kirk. That's evil. Yes. Evil Kirk. Yeah. Like, it's really obvious. In this... Yeah, they're in the the brig in, like, one scene, right? Like, that's it. They're just all caught. We don't even... Yeah, (laughs) he's just like this. And then then it's all Kirk's adventure over there because they're evil and a little bit dumb. But really kind of scary with their torture chambers and all of that. Like, that one's pretty stuck in my mind. Um, Some of the stuff that goes down over there. This one was not that. Like, they... I'm going to start using this. They DS9'd it. They grayed all of the black and white. And that's what DS9 has done to the series as a whole. They gray everything. They're like, oh, you think this is good? Uh, Let's just show you how good it could be when Kirk injects some goodness into this. Nope, not good. It's going to turn bad. Yeah, he screwed the pooch on that one, didn't he? Did he? Kirk? I think so. Uh, you know, I mean, look what happened. He, he Or did Mirror Spock screw the pooch? Well, somebody did. The idea that he went across the, to the other universe and then messed with their society mm-hmm. by making a suggestion to someone using what he knows about his personality and what might stick. Right. That alters the timeline and suddenly Vulcans are bathing Bajorans. And humans are digging in the mines 80 years later in their universe. You tell me if Kirk and Spock both screwed the pooch. I think so. Kirk did what he could at the time to do what he thought was better. But I definitely think it's a commentary on the Prime Directive. Because there's no way it's not. Um, But here's the thing. No matter what you do... I would hope that if what you do, every good thing that you put into the mirror universe, it's the mirror universe. It's supposed to go bad. That's the point of having this parallel universe that's evil. That's the joy of going nuts. Well, and, and it gives you it gives you excuses, right? Like to, to play. All of these characters, all of them had things that were similar and had things that were incredibly different about their counterparts. Right. Being able to see the two Kira's like face to face face was really cool. We never saw Bashir. We didn't. (laughs) We never saw Bashir. We have to go. Yeah, go ahead. We have to go back to my prediction because I thought it was Bashir who was going to be kissing himself. And that was totally one off. And that was not, it was Kira and there was weirdness. Yep. I give you partial credit. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Give you partial credit for that prediction. You predicted that, that someone would go across and flirt with someone else. You just got the someone wrong. And (laughs) wow. Was that just Nana in the bath? I mean, yeah. <laughs> she's awesome. Like, just that was yeah. good stuff. <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, as I find, because I I'd never noticed the Vulcans, the two Vulcan attendants mm-hmm. during the bath 
one of one of whom is literally just waving her hand through the water the entire time to keep the water like stirring <laughs> right like like the, the, through the entire scene i watched the scene i did not notice that oh well it, it was just one of those things where i went they went all out with who this woman is and she's so mirror from kira altruistic kira versus the mirror universe remember moo the moo the moo the yes. moo I, I i return to you the moo um so moo kira is selfish very narcissistic narcissistic to the extreme she sees herself and falls in love with herself immediately i mean you want to talk about the ultimate narcissistic that's, power play well no that's literally narcissus Narcissus, Narcissus, Narcissus. Whatever his name is, yeah, where he looks and he falls in love. Yeah, that's literally, I mean, they took that straight out of mythology, so. And and right from the opening moment when she walks, when they're like, who are you people? And then up walks Mirror Universe Kira and says, the question is, who are you? And she looks like she just wants to eat her up. I mean, she yeah. just is already in love. From it's, it's so love at first sight. The funny thing was, is that she recognizes immediately what, what has happened and knows all of the history. I really did like, it was a, it was a little touch, but Kira not knowing, uh, our Kira, not knowing who Kirk is made me so happy. This is a really big universe. She has no idea who, Tiberius Kirk is. She's not Federation. She's Bajoran. Her entire world has been freeing her entire world. That's so I, I liked that. It, it, I think it made DS9 bigger just to have that one little thing in there where she didn't know. Also, it gives you reason to exposition, I guess, in what went wrong in the Moo. Right, right. And then you get a nice scene with her and, and Bashir where he gets to explain it because they know. It, it, it did make me wonder if both sides are actually aware of how, of that there is a mirror universe. Mm-hmm. And they seem to understand at least enough technology to travel back and forth over the last 80 years. Why aren't we? I thought that that was a flip side because Mirakira very specifically says, we recognize that Kirk really messed with us mm-hmm. and we stopped it. We changed all the transporters so that we couldn't do that, which actually yes. fixed my complaint when I was like back in the original series when I said, well, how are people just not crossing over willy nilly and, and time travel too? But like this should be happening all the time. I do believe when you made that point back in episode six or seven, right? whenever we did Mirror Mirror, I said, good point. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're going to get to that, just not for 27 more. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's kind of nice when they retcon something for you oh, that, well, fixes, hey, that fixes that, you know, and and they'll do a little more retcon. They're going to retcon in two episodes. You're going to get to see them retcon the Klingon look. Oh, okay. Sure. In a way that in a way that is unexpected and will make you smile. Okay. <laughs> three episodes. Sorry, not two, three episodes. I think that's their version of the Prime Directive, when you think about it. It's just like, we saw what bad, quote, fingers happened when we tried to do good. We're not going to let that happen anymore. It felt very Prime directive to me as well. Yeah. I, I was thinking, especially when you consider nobody on the other side there seems to be in the Federation. Right. Prime Directive does apply. But yeah. Kira and Bashir, just by virtue of being there 
has affected the timeline or the universe yet again. Now we have a rebellious Cisco where we may not have gotten that before. Right, just trying to get out. And don't you just love Cisco the pirate? He is still such an unknown quantity to me. He was fascinating. Because uh, I think Kira, Kira actually displayed kind of similar things like her mercy, quote fingers, uh, the mirror universe version of mercy. She really does seem to care about Odo. And when he dies, that's very sincere. Well, they shared empathy. Both Kira's shared right. an empathetic view of people and wanted the best for people. So it wasn't a, our Kira's good, that Kira's bad. They twisted it. They're like... Our Kira's compassionate and wouldn't cross this line. And this Kira, it was very much what O'Brien says. Like, what would have happened given all these opportunities? That doesn't necessarily make them the evil universe. That it made the mirror universe just another parallel universe, I think. Yeah. And, and that's what, so, so I wrote down like, like three or four characters and I said, what is it that was different about them? So starting with Kira, right. I, I wrote selfish versus selfless wields power versus Buck's authority. So you've got the mirror universe right. that's selfish wields power versus the selfish selfless and bucking authority Kira, major Kira that we know, but both are empathetic both are intelligent. Both look for solutions to get. Both dislike violence. To achieve what they want. And both dislike violence. Yeah. Very, yeah. Both don't want to see it. They don't want to be involved in it. Yeah, exactly. And and only deal with it when they feel it's absolutely necessary. Right. O'Brien. Meek. The, the meek mirror versus the strength of the O'Brien that we are, are knowing. Or the coward versus the brave is another way to look at it. The warrior of, of our O'Brien that we've gotten to know even in the next gen versus mm-hmm. the coward that doesn't even want to see Bashir when he's, go, you know, when he's looking for a way to escape. I, I don't see you. I don't even want to see. I don't want to, you know. But both of them have an engineering mind. Both of them are good thinkers and tinkerers and putterers and, and engineers. I didn't think O'Brien was all that different, but I will say this right there. That's uh, this episode is a turning point for me thinking that Cole Meany is one of the best actors on this show for sure. Yeah. Long ways. He's amazing. I thought, you know, next generation. um, And I know (laughs) I said the thing, I was just like, yeah, he's every man and it's kind of whatever. Uh, this was excellent. Just great acting. Totally. But he's exactly the same. Well, the character, but he's just expanded in your view. You can see him now. He was one of the, the little people. Yeah. To quote, to quote um, Q, if I remember correctly, right? Weren't you one of the little people? I forgot about that. Yeah. Also, yeah. you had mentioned O'Brien must suffer. As a trope throughout Star Trek. And didn't he in this episode? He is the butt monkey. It's so sad. Yep. <laughs> yep. Everybody, everybody heaps everything they can yep. on him. Anything that can go wrong. Poor O'Brien. And okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't think he was all that different. I think he's still like uh, who he is is exactly who he is in both universes. It seemed that way to me. It, but but it was more, it was, so I, the words I wrote down were motivations, not methods. So it's what motivates them versus how they are who they are. They're both, both O'Briens are engineers. Both right. Kira's are empathetic and intelligent. Both Cisco's are authoritative and commanding. 
Uh, other Cisco was not commanding. He was apathetic in the extreme. He had convinced himself to purposefully not care. He definitely had been a bit of a sellout. It's clear that he was a sellout of sorts, but he was protecting his people. He was protecting his crew and he was protecting himself. Himself. Yeah, actually that's selfish versus selfless. There's a, there's, there's the difference. Uh, between the two. But they were both commanding. They both were in charge of whatever they could be in charge of in their respective universes. What other human... Who what, what, Who other human was higher ranking in the entire episode than Cisco? Not because we got a lot of aliens. He was still the highest ranking human... Right. ...on the show. Right. Even in the mirror universe. So I stand by that. But he was a pirate. Okay. He was fascinating. I, I will say that he was completely fascinating because it is a Cisco I haven't seen and I still don't have a grasp on. Like Kira, I have a pretty good grasp on. I'm like, oh, okay, this is who Kira is. So Mirror Kira is like, whoa, okay, this is who Kira isn't um, and is. Right. But Cisco, I've got no, like, I don't know. Right. It's just and- a slippery character to me. But well, we'll we'll see what you think. At the next episode is a Cisco centric episode, so we'll see what you think about that. Okay. Right now, we're just talking about Mirror Cisco. And okay. He's he's kind of the Han Solo of the Mirror Universe right now. I think he's yeah, a little. He didn't have the uh, quite the joy that Mirror Sulu had. No, he didn't quite have the joy. But but you know the whole um, thing at the end there with I can always use another tinkerer and putterer. You're with me, Smiley. You know I love that. Much. Very yeah. <laughs> we didn't talk about Quark and not Quark. Is our Quark the bad Quark? Because this Mirror Quark was very selfless and like touching and heroic. Yeah, he was like running an underground railroad of sorts and was trying to get people to, it sounds like he was trying to get him to freedom from his universe into ours. Or wherever he could. Or wherever he could. He was looking for places to send people. Who's, who is the mirror of who and what makes evil evil? But they didn't dive too deep into that. Is the mirror universe evil? Not anymore, it's not. That now they're just a different universe. Yeah. But I think in the original series, yeah, it was evil. You had good checkoff and bad checkoff. You yeah. had Sulu who was going to do the upstanding thing and Sulu who was going to stab you in the face. <laughs> it was very clear. Right. But we DS9'd it. So everything got gray. Everything got gray. And now anymore. we have to now we have to talk about it. And then and then we lost Odo and Quark. That's okay. They're not real. No, they're not, are they? Um, But it does mean if we were to go back over to the Mirror Universe, they wouldn't be there. We didn't see Dax. We didn't see Dax at all. And we didn't see Bashir over there. So those two were definitely missing. Anyone else? We didn't see Jake Sisko. I want to see, take a stab at what Dax would be in a mirror. He would be very angry. Hmm. I think Dax would be very, very angry in the Mirror Universe. We we will get to explore Dax in the mirror. So, cool. I want to see how yeah. that I am. <laughs> there, are, there, are, there are five episodes. We'll talk about that in Talking Track here okay. shortly. No, you were actually saying something, and then I looked over and I'm like, I have notes on this. <laughs> what, what, what? The mirror universe, really evil. It, maybe not evil, but is it really so different than regular Star Trek stories? 
because I know we like to look at the bright side of everything, especially with Next Gen, and we like to believe in the best, especially with the original series. But if you renamed the Alliance in this episode, say, like, Federation, and you gave a post in that Federation to, say, I don't know, a guy who wants to destroy a particular alien race because they killed his wife, <laughs> well, I think you'd have a very similar episode. Yeah. And it wouldn't be Mirror, it would be our universe. So no, I don't think it's evil. I think it's just a different story. And, and when you look at it from the look at it from the point of view of the Bajorans, they've made out great in that universe. Right. If this story is being told from the point of view of the Bajorans, that Bashir guy that came through the wormhole, kill him immediately. He's just we know he's he's going to do nothing but cause problems or at least bitch slap him a couple times. <laughs> Right? And, and, well, and, and Odo does. And he does. Isn't that fun? Odo was inter- We didn't talk about the opposite of Odo. Yeah, let's talk about Because I think that wasn't necessarily opposite. That was just Odo on steroids. He's got all that in him. Odo still is playing it by the rules of the authority that he sees as, as the, yep. you know, the, what is the right thing to do. And he's playing it absolutely straight. The way Odo does. It's just a different set of rules. Right? It's okay to slap a prisoner or a human. That's one of the least that things he would do. But it's still all based on the same things that our Odo completely believes in. Yeah. When I went through this episode during this watch, it turned into so much more than just a fun romp through the mirror, which I've always enjoyed before. Mm-hmm. This turned into a real interesting character study of these are really the same characters in completely mm-hmm. different situations with completely different backgrounds. So their and backstories if you didn't get it, are different. Then we'll have O'Brien tell you that. Right. Right. It's like, hey guys, I wonder what would have happened if this wasn't a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think that was the entire. It was make that point, but in a really fun, campy way. Right. Which I enjoyed. Well, you're supposed to. And then, you know, um, uh, we get the little change of, of stuff happening over there with Cisco, and, and he gets his little crew of humans. And Did they leave it kind of? Because I thought that this one was less hopeful, but they did kind of the exact same plot where they took the character and then, I guess what was missing in this one is that they it wasn't purposeful. You know, Kira didn't go in there, right. find herself in a situation where she's going to die because everyone's evil, and then convince somebody that, hey, you can do some good here by playing to what she knows is the core of that character. That's what the original series would have done. This was more like, let's get out of here. No, seriously, let's get out of here. No, seriously, whatever we got to do, let's really get out of here because mm-hmm. I'm about to get kissed on by myself and it's me. <laughs> right. And my friend's like, are... I'm not down. She was. And my friend's about to get killed in the mines. And Oh, right, right. That's who. And Bashir is like getting worked. Uh, the poor guy. Yeah. He's never gotten his hands dirty before. I think it's hysterical. You think that the biggest threat is is the self-love of Kira. I was joking, obviously, <laughs> but that that one hit me, though, and I was just like, oh, Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, when she's in the bath. And you, you I, weren't you just ready for Kira to just say, come on, 
hop on in? Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, she did. She was just like, hey, what if there was another Cisco? And I'm just like. There is. Um, there let's, is. Let's go back to the mines. Let's go back into the mines. <laughs> like, uncomfortable. Let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about the, the relationship. How about the relationship between um, our Bashir and O'Brien in the mines? I mean, I don't know if I haven't seen enough. I think I've, I've seen a, quite a few extra episodes that have been recommended and a couple that weren't. Uh I haven't seen them being all BFF-y. So when he when Bashir says that, he's like, oh, we're like best friends. I couldn't tell if Bashir honestly believes that because he also starts off with Kira in the episode being like, I'm so glad we're becoming best friends. Mm. So is he just thinking that way because he believes that everybody's his friend? Or is he manipulating the situation kind of like Kira obviously is doing? So Brian and Bashir will become best friends through the course of the show. Definitely by the midway point, they are best friends. I'm not sure, since we've only watched a few episodes in this watch through, right. where those friendship moments have started to bud. And maybe we've missed a few of them for you. Gotcha. But they're there, peppered in. And these guys are going to spend a lot of time, especially after... Um, uh, O'Brien's wife leaves. She'll go back to, she'll go to Bajor for a while. She'll go back to Earth for a while. She's not happy on DS9. Um, the producers are not happy with her on DS9. <laughs> what, whatever the story was. Whatever, whatever happiness wasn't there. And that friendship will grow. It'll start by with them playing darts a lot in Quark's bar. Mm -hmm. And then uh, you'll see that they spend a lot of time in the holodeck together. They spend a lot of time at the Alamo. Um, the old Texas Alamo being wiped out by the, yeah, they, okay. they, they like to play that one over and over. They like to play the hopeless soldiers down to the last man. I don't know why, but they seem to dig that. And okay, sometimes the show seems to parallel that. You never know. Yeah. Uh, well, for this trek, mostly all I've seen of Bashir is him coming on to women. And uh, that he has sort of kind of started having uh, dinners with the Cardassian, actually. Garrick. Garrick. Garrick the tailor. Gar right. The only Cardassian on the show who's the tailor, Garrick. Exactly. So actually what I've seen is not him hanging out with O'Brien necessarily, but he has had like dinners or something with Garrick. Yeah. So I've just missed it a little bit. This was the first Bashir featured episode that I wanted to show you because, yeah, those first two seasons, especially. It's goofy. It's that. And it's even still a little bit of that in this, where they're in the shuttle at the beginning with the whole, the whole uh, meditation scene mm -hmm. where he does all that weird Lamaze breathing. <laughs> He's a good guy. Well-intentioned. Not quite there on the reading of social cues, maybe. Yeah, and he's 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 just he's kind of fresh out of the academy. He's young and he's showing up a little wide-eyed and a little naive. And he'll season once he finally gets that crap out of his head, the I got to chase women out of his head. Women start throwing themselves at him. It's funny how that works. Mm. <laughs> it's funny how that works. He ends up in a relationship with one of the Dabo girls. Okay. Uh, and she shows up later. She's not in the early part of Deep Space Nine. Uh, because Bashir's not ready for her yet. <laughs> gotcha. Because he's still a creep. Wait, no, it's not like he... 
and he, he especially wasn't, he wasn't creepy in this one. He's very well-intentioned. He just doesn't know how to leave somebody alone when they're trying to meditate. That's all. Well, uh, right. So, uh, it, but it was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we're at the end of talking episode, let's actually answer the question. Okay. What would a mirror Jessica be and what would a mirror Andy be? I think it'd be easier if I did a mirror Jessica. Oh, okay. And you did a mirror Andy. Yes, it would be because I don't want to, this know thyself is really difficult. Right. So first of all, mirror Jessica and I would not know each other because you would not have given me the time of day. Okay. Because you'd probably be pretty bitchy. Okay. This is the mirror. You'd be pretty bitchy. You'd be pretty, hmm. you'd be, you know what you'd be? You'd be one of those fakey women that makes fake friends and surrounds herself with. I would be one of those real housewives. Fake stuff. Yeah. That's who you're. De- yes. Yes. Great description of, of, um, mirror Jessica. You would be, you would be a real housewife of Starfleet Academy. Okay. I will take that because that means that, um, I'm not that. <laughs> Although I don't know if that should mean that that's in me, which, well, I guess it's in all of us. But yeah, I mean, given some wealth and a whole lot of selfishness and not a whole lot of compassion, that's, I could see it. <laughs> so who's Mayor Andy? Mayor Andy. Ah. Uh... I was going to say, if you say he's a really great guy, I'm going to be upset. No, I was going to go with Mayor Andy is arrogant in the extreme bowling over people and uh uh just very very like i don't give a shit about you little people kind of in my in your face kind of guy yes very in your face considering that that's my mirror i'll take that description okay <laughs> this is a little bit scary to do it's with weird, a friend right? like like i feel like you're kind <laughs> of describing me but not but it's like are you describing me or are you describing my mirror it's weird i was watching you when i was describing you and i'm like yes she's not getting that this is like the mirror, mirror. right she's and then i'm like feeling the same way it's Ooh, here's an exercise, folks. Leave us a comment about your mirror. Tell us who your mirror is. Yes. No, better yet, tell us what your best friend's mirror is. First, t- tell us and then tell them. Well, <laughs> yeah, because you will get that feeling like, wait, wait. Oh, okay, this is opposite. My guess is that this talking track is going to be all about the moo. It's going to be some about the moo anyway. Okay. Definitely some about the moo because we got moo to do. There's more moo to do. There's more moo to do. There's more moo to do. Now I'm wishing that I had pulled out my poet's pen again and come up with a mirror universe poem, but I didn't. I, I did tell you during the episode that there are many, many episodes coming up of, of um, the mirror universe. Deep Space Nine had a total of five episodes that happen in the Mirror Universe. Wow, that's kind this of a was lot. The, uh, yeah, well, over over a course of seven years, so they had one in the in the third or in the second season, which you just watched mm-hmm. crossover. The third season has Through the Looking Glass. The fourth season has Shattered Mirror. Resurrection is in the sixth season, and The Emperor's New Cloak is in the seventh season. 
Okay. After next week, if you want to go and watch Through the Looking Glass, you may, but don't go into the fourth season yet. We'll talk about that in a minute. But we get to explore what happens when someone from the mirror universe comes to our side. Okay. And we get to play with that a little bit. And I'm going to spoil one of these. If you want to watch them, you've heard all of them. Once we're done with the Deep Space Nine trek, these are all opened up and you'll be able to watch any of them. Uh, but... I will spoil that Cisco's wife, Jennifer, is still alive in the other universe. Oh, okay. And here I thought we were going to see her because of the prophets, who, by the way, we haven't seen at all. Very little lately, right? Not very little, like none. Well, okay. Yeah, they, they don't show up that much. Um, they're very mystical and stuff, but they, they will have their moments. But... Jennifer's alive over in the other universe. There are other characters that are also around in the other universe. A lot of fun with those. Enterprise has, there was nothing in Voyager. Enterprise has uh, one two-part episode in their last season called In a Mirror Darkly. It's on our trek. Okay, cool. It's going to be, it, it's a great conclusion to the Mirror Universe saga up to Discovery. And then Discovery, the new one, the brand new show, has uh, a mirror universe component to it as well, uh, where they explore some of the mirror at some point during the during its 15-episode run of its first season. Okay. So all of this is great backstory for you for when you're ready to go into the mirror universe, remembering that Enterprise will be the first in the timeline to have happened in the mirror universe. Then the original. Oh, oh no, right, right. Because because it happened before, right. Before Kirk, right. It also happened before Discovery, which also happened before Kirk. So that's next in the timeline. Okay. Then Kirk's mirror mirror episode. Then this. And and then this is the conclusion so far of the mirror universe saga in Star Trek. Oh, I want somebody to do a universe time travel a, a mirror universe time travel episode that wouldn't that be fun oh that would be fun yeah. yeah so so mirror universe has quite the quite the timeline to it i hope they continue with making it campy i think that's the fun is that the actors get to go at least a little nuts that's mm -hmm. let them there's you know it's kind of like having a christmas episode a little bit they get to go a little nuts a little bit, yeah. They get to, to to play with different different characterizations. Really have fun. I mean, good God, Nana Visitor. Oh, is that? I've been calling her Nana. Is that not right, Nana? I I have heard it pronounced both ways. I'm going with the person that I heard pronounce it. That is the biggest Star Trek expert in my mind. Okay. Who called her Nana? Well, I don't know. I would. I surely she's done an, an interview somewhere where somebody. Like, she said her name. Hi, I am. I assume so. I need to look this up. I am going to look this up right now. But you could tell she's having fun playing Mira Kira. Oh, my God. The way she slinks around in that cat suit. Yes. Right? My Spock is as sexy as your Spock, just so you know. Uh, just so I know, this is your Spock. Oh, yeah. Kira is my Spock. Mm -hmm. My Mira Spock is just as sexy as, mm. you know, I mean, like, damn. <laughs> That works. Oh, yeah. I couldn't find her saying her name, so now I still don't know. Maybe I'll look at some interviews, guys. Yeah, let's see if we can if we can have that 
vital piece of information. It's vital to her. Uh, yeah, it's her name, and we're doing a podcast where we're talking about her, it feels like. I don't want to get it wrong, especially considering how important she is turning out to be in my track. Yeah. So I really, I, I want to respect her and get her name right. So we'll have it, we'll have it in time for probably the next episode. Let's talk about special effects on, uh, on Deep Space Nine. Things are changing. Uh, yeah, we moved into the 90s and I did notice that the uh, effects on the intro, what is that thing called when they show everybody's name? The credits at the beginning? The, ti- the, the, the credits, the opening oh, credits. Oh, okay. Opening Titles. credits. Um, I do find it a little bit boring because nothing is said. And But uh, somebody on Twitter did say it was very stately and graceful. And I was like, absolutely. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Those shots are lovely. I watch it every time. I just, there's something about those shots that I just enjoy. Now, the question is, is will you, Voyager is very similar in their credit sequence. Mm, will I not like it You just get then? a whole bunch of shots of... Voyager is a ship. Yeah. Mm. In different spots and situations. And they're gorgeous and beautiful. And I'm curious whether or not you'll like those too, but they're beautiful too. My guess is I won't because it's not the characters. It's not the people. There's no, well, that's not true. Every ship or station now has its own thing. It is what it is. It is a character. So I guess that's the, that's the way of of being like, Hey, here's the character that we're going to be on for the next hour. Sure. I didn't think about that. And then, and then you also get uh, in Enterprise, they'll they'll do something very bold. It's the only, it's the only one that actually has lyrics. They get a song. They get a song. Ooh. Uh, okay. And, and then Discovery's got a whole different way of doing its title sequence too, and it's got little homages to the original Alexander Courage music as well. So Alexander Courage is the man that wrote the original that original theme. Wow, did I just do that? That, that was, was really nicely done, by the way. I was like, hey, I recognize that. That sounded kind of almost. If I hum, nobody knows what I'm doing. I have noticed that they've gotten way, way better. And I think in this one in particular, we wanted to talk about... Uh, Odo getting the death blown up. of Odo. Yeah. Because there is a particular YouTube, and we can link to it, where you just see him that happening over and over and over. And you can appreciate... However, they did that because it's really quite something. Because he's not human, so he doesn't phase no. like a human with a phaser the way we've seen it before. He, like, it kind of gets balloony, or like, you know what it looked a little bit like uh, when the the guys on MythBusters blow up gel things. Oh yeah, which is cool because he's basically goo formed into a shape. So they kind of got that effect. Similar to what Mythbusters would say they're doing, yeah. So the effects in DS9 are, are we're getting there. We're really getting there. You wanted to talk about how ships are still flying laterally. Let's right, see what you right. think after the next couple of episodes. We got some battles coming up. Okay. Yeah, Yay, and smaller stuff. ships involved in some of these battles too. So, you know, like little... Yay, that makes so sense. Let's, <laughs> so, um, yeah, they, the, the CGI, here we come into the, you know, we're bursting into the 90s uh, with something that doesn't look totally hokey and ridiculous. And I still remember watching some of those original series special effects and just being able, you can almost see where they were holding up the Enterprise model. 
You know, you can almost see the, it wasn't strings. I'm pretty sure it was a stick. (laughs) And it didn't matter at all because you fall in love with the stories and the characters. When you start with good Star Trek bones, the rest of it just makes it, it's just like putting, it's like putting makeup on a pretty girl. You don't need it, but it makes it better. How was that? Was that yucky? Was Uh, that yucky? I tried so hard not to be on, like... No, 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 because no, I'm like... It was, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, because I get exactly what you're saying. Um, you don't need it. it. You don't need it, but it enhances it. That's the word. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and you're right. Because it's just, ooh, shiny ship. Now let's get inside and see what it does. Right, exactly. Yeah, now, now, now give me good characters and good story. Did you mess up? Did you mess up bad? Okay, I messed... Yeah, so before we get to next week, I made... A minor, completely screwy error. Somehow I transposed the name of two episodes. I'm talking about a particular episode in this segment called The Search, episodes one and two. But what you said was... But what I said was The Chase. And I think I even said The Chase one and two. There there is a The Chase, but it's from the next generation, and it's not what I'm talking about. So here's how I'm going to correct it. For those of you listening, here's how I'm going to correct it. I am literally just going to dub in The Search every time that I originally said The Chase. The Search. So it's going to sound a little goofy. Okay. That's it. Let's get to next week. Okay. Let's get to next week. Sounds great. Next week, we are going to be watching an episode that you will not be able okay. to predict. And here's how I know. Because there are no spoilers. Uh, you already know about things like Jake and Nagar in mm-hmm. school together and, and stuff like that. You already know who these characters are. So this features Commander Sisko, his son Jake, Quark, and his nephew Nog. Okay. The name of the episode and I'm going to spell it for you too, is the Jem Hadar. The Jem Hadar. J-E-M apostrophe capital H-A-D-A-R. The Jem Hadar. It is the 26th and final episode of the second season. Now, is there any possibility of you coming up with a prediction for that? Mm-hmm. Before you answer, I'm going to throw in another one of those. If you don't watch this episode, it would just be the biggest shame of Deep Space Nine. Okay. And this is an episode that you need to watch immediately following the Gem Hadar. It's a two-part episode. Okay. So, yes, yes, I'm suggesting that you spend two hours of extra Trek time after the Jem'Hadar and watch the first and second episode of the third season, which is called The The Search, parts one and two. Okay. The The Search, parts one and two. Well, this sounds a little bit like the way you suggested I go and watch the one after Picard gets turned into a Borg family so that you're like, you don't want to end with this. Go watch Family. So it sounds a little similar. It is definitely a follow-up to what happens at the end of the Gem Hadar. However, do not expect a highly emotional show. It the search. A very different kind of, here we go, guys. This is when we step on the gas for Deep Space Nine. I think that this is going to be when uh, the prophets finally do something. Like, they push and they nudge, and it starts a war. This is the start of the war. So the connection between the Dominion and the individuals on DS9 is going to be made. 
uh, like what's their roles in what's coming up. Mm. But I don't know what that story is, but I think that that's uh, it's tough. Like they're basically going to be like Cisco. Hey, you're in charge of this war now because you're pa and you're in charge. And uh, that's all I got. Yeah. Well, and, and this is so tough. I mean, the name is the Jem'Hadar. You have no idea what that is. You haven't heard you haven't heard that expression. You haven't heard that name in any way. You'll know what that is by the end of the episode. Okay. Um, you know that it, it features our two Ferengi and our our commander and and son, uh, and that's it. And there's just not a lot there. But you do know that the Dominion is coming up here into season three. So um, I'm actually thinking of Babylon Five here because that's kind of how it goes. And I know that these two were on par, not wholly, but similarly. Mm-hmm. For the long-running war thing. So I think that that's... But you don't know Babylon 5. I don't know Babylon 5. there are people who do, and they'll know what I'm talking about because it's got a similar kind of thing going on. Yeah. Once we're finished with this and I have a little bit of time, Babylon 5 is definitely on my... Let's go back and see the the parallels. I'm really looking forward to seeing some of that. But uh, yeah, so here we go. And then the chase, of course. The search. We will be talking about the chase during Talking Trek next week. Period. I will be spoiling it for anybody that doesn't watch it. It's not on your 52. I can't make you watch it. Can't make you watch your 52 either. You have to decide to. You got to want it, people. We got to want it. You do not (laughs) want me to be the one to tell you about the Defiant. Not when there are writers and actors and music and prosthetics and lighting. and You don't want me to explain to you about the Dominion. You want to see this stuff. So the Jem'Hadar is next week's official episode. The I'm going to get you to watch it anyway, I hope, episode is the chase. I really got that stuck in my head. This is the last one. Just go watch The Search, parts one and two. It's awesome. So I'm going to be watching this on the 20th. That's this Sunday at 7 p.m. I'll be tweeting at Begin the Trek. Uh, It'll be released Obviously, next Wednesday, the way we do in the morning times. And you can find it on our website, beginningthetrek.com. If you like Facebook better, leave us comments there at Beginning the Trek. Uh, I think we've covered all of that. If you really want to send like a long email, we do have email. It's info at beginningthetrek.com. So, yeah, we'd love to hear, love from, to hear you. from you. Yeah, absolutely. I know you guys have thoughts. Yeah, come on, folks. Niners, if you're with us, we're to the Jemadar. Okay. You I don't know, know what that means. She doesn't yet. <laughs> you know, it's time. Let's get those comments flowing. Let's find out. Uh, let's find out where Deep Space Nine is really headed. Cool. All right. You ready to sign off? We'll see you guys next week. Enjoy the Gem Hadar, and I'll see y'all next week. Bye. I can always use another tinkerer and putterer. You're with me, Smiley. If it wasn't sis, if it wasn't like other Cisco, it was kind of Pirate Andy. Arr, yeah, that's me, yeah. Pirate Andy. <laughs> oh jeez. Oh my God. There's no proof I did this. It's not like we're recording this or any. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah. You don't know me. You don't know me. The search.